The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Milato, joined, as always, by Chris Flum, and we are here today to preview the Week 15 matchup for the New York football giants as they travel down to the Big Easy to play the New Orleans Saints. Chris, man, look back at recent memory, recent history of the New York Giants traveling down to New Orleans, a place where there's a lot of points. This is the Coors Field, as DFS players say, of the NFL because it is a dome and it's a fast track and Drew Brees was there for a while. But right now, it is Derek Carr. But you look at the recent history. The Giants, when they went down there in 2021, you remember that game, Chris? Taysom Hill, I think he had like two rushing touchdowns, and everyone was like, oh, the Giants are quitting on Joe Judge. And then out of nowhere, Daniel Jones just turns it on, throws for over 400 yards. Kenny Galladay was really involved. Might have been Kenny Galladay's best game as a New York Giant. And the Giants end up winning in overtime. And then we all remember the Eli Manning game where he threw six touchdowns and like 350 yards. Giants, unfortunately, ended up losing. But those were the last two matchups where the Giants went down to the Superdome. Do you think we can have anything that is even close to that type of excitement this week? You know, I think this is going to be a game where there will be plenty of excitement because the Giants are, I think, almost incapable right now of doing things boring. Now, I think there's a difference between exciting and good. I absolutely expect a kind of pug-fugly matchup down there. Just between the way the Giants have been winning lately and the state of the Saints right now which hey tongue twister try saying that five times fast you know but, what you 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 nailed it that wasn't that bad bro. thank you thank you, thank you. but the, just the, the saints are they're stumbling badly they're making some very questionable decisions coaching wise and they are very very beat up like for all the injury issues the giants have had this year they are by far the healthier team right now They are the healthier team, and the Saints are coming off two games where they scored 28 points. Now, against the Lions, they lost. That was two weeks ago, 33-28, to and they just beat the ever-living crap out of the Panthers in New Orleans, 28-6. to But the Panthers are arguably one of the worst teams in the NFL. But you're right, man. The Saints are a very beat-up team, and I think it's important that we go through some of this injury report. And it's also of note that the Giants are looking like they're going to have Darren Waller 
back for this game. Darren Waller said, I think a week and a half ago, he plans on returning. He is uh, activated off the IR. He returned to practice. So that is excellent news for the New York Giants, not just because they're getting one of the more talented tight ends in the league back, but also now the Giants can feel more comfortable in 12 personnel. I don't think they've felt comfortable in 12 personnel since Darren Waller's injury. And a lot of the 12 personnel packages that they've employed, it was like Mark Lewinsky or an offensive lineman was acting as that second tight end. Now I really think we could see another addition or another um, aspect of this offense with 12 personnel and play action passing attack with Daniel Bellinger and Darren Waller out there. Yeah, and that will just do so much more to open up the offense and really give opposing defenses another wrinkle to be concerned about with Tommy DeVito. Like, I think this is a thing we can talk about when we talk about the Giants offense. And I do want to talk about DeVito specifically, but just keeping opposing defenses guessing, keeping new pages being written in the book is that can only help DeVito. Now, Maybe the Giants overload him. We'll see. I don't think that's a worry with this coaching staff. But just the Giants are getting healthier, which is kind of a weird thing to say. And they're doing it at a time when kind of the rest of the NFL is getting more and more beat up. Yeah, it's a product of being incredibly beat up early in the season for the Giants. But they are getting healthy at the right time. Cordell Flott, Dexter Lawrence, Evan Neal. Sean Robinson were all limited participation in practice on Thursday, but Aziz Ojolari got a full participation in, as did Paris Campbell for what that's worth. But if you look at the Saints, man, they got DNPs on Thursday that included Kendry Miller, backup running back, Isaiah Foskey, rotational defensive end. But then Chris Olave, their star wide receiver, did not participate in practice with an ankle injury on Thursday. And it's really important to note this, Chris. The Saints, there you have a short week. They play on Thursday next week against the Rams, another team that they're competing and vying for wild card contention with. And I think that could factor into some of these injury situations that they have here, included some of the guys who even received limited participation, like Cameron Jordan with an ankle, Rashid Shahid, who was coming back, missed two games with a thigh injury, Taysom Hill, who missed last game with a foot and left hand injury, Jamal Williams, who was a running back, who was also limited with a groin injury. He'll likely play, but he might have a little bit more of a reserved role and without Kendry Miller there, does that mean um, Alvin Kamara takes a bunch of, of the load? So there's just a lot of moving parts here on a short, truncated schedule for the Saints that the Giants maybe could capitalize on. Yeah, and there's a very big name you didn't talk about because he's on the injured reserve, and that's wide receiver Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. So the Saints will probably be without their three of their top four receiving threats you know they just just running down in in terms of targets chris olavi is far and away their number one target with 116 then you've got alvin kamara with 73 then you got michael thomas with 64 rashid sahid with 55 and then tight end juan johnson with 35 targets but just potentially being without their top three wide receivers is an incredible advantage for the Giants, although that could force the Saints' hand in a way that the Giants might not be expecting or have much tape on. And by that, I mean really force them to live out of 
12 or 21 personnel. And where it gets really interesting is how does Taysom Hill factor into it if it's 12? Is he playing quarterback? Is he just being a receiver? Is he going to be the running back, especially if Jamal Williams and Kendry Miller are either hampered or miss this game? Taysom Hill, again, missed last week, was a limited participation on Thursday. We just don't know exactly what to expect from the Saints offense with all of these injuries. And if you look at their 11 personnel, if Chris Alave is not out there, say Rashid Shahid does play with this thigh injury. You're looking at an 11 personnel package with what? Rashid Shahid, A.T. Perry, and then Lynn Bowden. And that's no knock on Lynn Bowden, but this is a converted quarterback. Quarterback. He was a quarterback at Kentucky a few years ago. He's bounced around the league. There's just not a lot of proven wide receiver talent there. I actually like A.T. Perry, and I think he has flashed this year. He was drafted out of Wake Forest, a solid player. But the Giants, in the way their secondary is playing right now, Chris, they should be able to win that matchup, especially if they get after Derek Carr. Yeah, and Carr, he has his own injuries he's had to deal with. About a month ago, he, I believe he was knocked out of a game. Two and, games ago, bro. Oh, that. That's correct. Yeah, two games ago. Uh, the the injuries that Derek Carr sustained, it sounds more like he was in a car crash than a football <laughs> game. Like he was it he had a concussion, a sprained AC joint, and a non-displ- non-displaced rib fractures. So that really that sounds more like he was in a 35 mile an hour car wreck than took a big hit in a football game and that has to be impacting him affecting him because that sprained ac joint was in his throwing shoulder that explains why he had i believe less than 70 yards passing through the first three quarters last week fortunately for them the carolina panthers are you said they might be among the worst teams they're the worst team in the nfl let just straight up (laughs) i might have been trying to be uh you know, political about my statement there. They are the worst team. I'll just come out and just fall on say, it. yes, I agree with that. But yeah. yes, but Chris, uh, about Derek Carr, look, this guy, he's a tough SOB, right? But I'll say this, man. There have been several NFL players recently and in the past who have come out and said the book is out on Derek Carr. If you hit Derek Carr early and often, he starts to become more hesitant, a little bit more tentative, and he shies away from contact. Now, this is something Joey Bosa said, I think, two or three years ago, and then Bruce Irvin, a former teammate of Derek Carr, said it two weeks ago against the Lions. He said, look, you know, I was a teammate with Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr. I respect Derek Carr. He's one hell of a player, but if you hit Derek Carr, you can really alter the timing and the rhythm of his game more so than other quarterbacks. And you look at what Wink Martindale does, pressure breaks, pressure, like everything about the philosophy of Wink Martindale suggests that if you're going up against a quarterback like Carr, who is a very smart quarterback, so you have to disguise your blitz as well, but you want to hit him early, especially with guys like Dexter Lawrence, especially with dudes like Kayvon Thibodeau. So do you think Wink Martindale is going to, uh, not just because of those comments, but really look at everything going on. You don't really have Chris Alave and just say, I'm going to just pressure the hell out of this guy and make him beat me with his mind and hit him and try to get him off platform to see if I can end this game early. Oh, absolutely. That is wink is going to be, I fully expect him to be hyper aggressive 
in this game. Now, if the Saints come out and do some unexpected things and really lean into their 12 personnel package with Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, and Alvin Kamara, and then, I don't know, whatever receiver happens to be healthy enough to play, yet that that could throw a bit of a monkey wrench in the Giants' plans simply because I don't know how much tape there is on a Saints offense that looks like that. And we have seen the Giants' defense falter when the opposing offense throws them a curveball, like we saw with the Raiders, where you had Aiden O'Connell, fourth-round rookie, in a an offense being called by an a rookie offensive coordinator with a rookie head coach. Like there, there was no tape on that version of the Raiders offense. And there is plenty of tape on the Giants defense. So that was an advantage for them. Now, I, I don't know if the Saints are going to have anything like that kind of advantage because there is still plenty of tape on Derek Carr. And you're right. He is, he's an easy quarterback to like. I do like Derek Carr. He, he's tough. He's got a, fantastic arm but he is vulnerable to pressure probably more so than some other quarterbacks and that is absolutely what wink is going to try to exploit and there's one player on this offense that we haven't really mentioned too much yet who could be the catalyst of their offense rightfully so and i would argue has been the catalyst of the offense since he returned from his three game suspension and that is alvin kamara alvin kamara is going to be the safety valve for Carr. I expect a lot of screens, especially if the Giants attempt to dial up the pressure a little bit, right? There's going to be a lot of, let's just get the football out of my hand so I don't take those hits, and let's take advantage of the aggressive nature of Wink Martindale. And I think Kamara is going to be the big beneficiary of that. I expect Okereke and McFadden, they're going to need to be, Chris, you know, dialed in to where Alvin Kamara number 41 is for the majority of this game. Cause if you're not, he's going to, he's going to hurt you. And the giants haven't seen a running back with his skill set since what week three, Christian McCaffrey, or at least something comparable to his skill set regarding just being a dominant pass catching back out of the backfield. Yeah. I, I think that is probably the closest comparison where Kamara and to a great, well, similar but also greater extent Christian McCaffrey because he is just the best running back in the NFL right now they are equal parts runner and receiver they really are receivers in run in the bodies of running backs and that is a difficult matchup if Kamara is the catalyst and I'm with you I kind of expect him to be the focal point of this offense just based on the fact that he is their best player left on the field, and he's very good in his own right. That really does put a lot of pressure, onus, however you want to describe it, on Okereke. And I would also say Isaiah Simmons, because Simmons has the length, he has the athleticism, he has the background in coverage as a former kind of sort of safety to match up and maybe even just straight up shadow Alvin Kamara out there. That would be interesting. That would definitely be interesting. But Chris, do you have anything else on the Saints offensive matchup against Wink Martindale and the Giants defense before we get to the Saints defensive matchup against the Giants offense? Now, I do want to say the matchup between the Giants defensive line and the Saints offensive line is going to be one of the interesting 
pieces of this game because the Saints have a pretty darn good offensive line. You know, they've been a little bit beat up. I believe uh, Ryan Ramchek had a, yeah, he had a, He's got a knee kind of sort of, but he he had like a veteran rest day. Andrus Pete has been dealing with an illness. He, he was a full practice earlier this week, just something to keep an eye on. But it's just, I think this is going to be the Giants defensive line's biggest test in recent weeks. And yeah, that could also help to determine the course of this game. Because if Wink has to blitz, to create pressure, if the Giants aren't able to get pressure with their natural pass rush, that does weaken their coverage because they're just going to have fewer guys back there. Again, this this the whole chess match between this between these two teams is going to be fascinating. I don't think it's going to be particularly pretty on either side, but it is going to be interesting. And also, can the Giants keep the turnovers coming? Because that really has powered their winning streak. And de- oh, sorry. Say, go, go ahead, man. I was, I was going to say, say, I don't know. <laughs> it certainly has. I think the Giants defensive line and their pass rush can win that matchup. But you're right. The Saints offensive line is nothing to sneeze at. They have so many first round picks on that offensive line. I think everybody on that offensive line is a top 50 pick. One of them was a second round pick. And then James oh. Hurst was like undrafted in 2014. But Cesar Ruiz, Andres P, both first round picks. Ryan Ramchek, first round pick. I think I'm forgetting somebody else who was a first round pick. And then Trevor Penning, their left tackle who got hurt in the beginning of the season and who hasn't looked all that great. He was a first round pick as well. But I don't think that suggests at least, especially if the Giants can really cover up the non-Chris Olave wide receivers that Aziz Ojolari and, and Dexter Lawrence and Ashawn Robinson even and Kayvon Thibodeau and, and the Giants pass rush won't win that matchup. I think they can. Yeah, I, I think this matchup, particularly between the Giants defense and the Saints offense, is much closer than the six-point spread would suggest. I agree. All right, before we get to the Saints defense, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. All righty, Chris, the Saints defense against the Giants offense. Look, got to talk about Tommy DeVito. Got to talk about Tommy Cutlets. He's not playing at MetLife Stadium. He's not playing in Washington or, or, or a place that you know doesn't necessarily have the reputation that the New Orleans Saints have in the Superdome. I don't know if they still call it that, but that's what I'm referring to it as. How do you think Tommy Cutlets is going to fare in a very hostile, yet weather-controlled type of environment? That is, I think that could cut both ways. You know, I think the the speed of the surface, the fact that he's not going to have to contend with swirling winds, rain, anything like that, that is going to help him because he is a functional athlete. He's a a good athlete. He's not a great athlete, but he can catch defenses off guard. You know, we saw the Packers kind of forget that he was capable of running and that it was legal for him to carry the ball. And for most of the game, that actually benefited the Giants more than his passing did. We've also seen him throw some pretty nice balls, but he does have a slightly limited arm. Again, Good, but not great. So having the controlled conditions of a dome, that does benefit Tommy DeVito. Now, the flip side of that is I don't know if he's going to 
he probably hasn't played in as hostile an environment for a quarterback, for a young quarterback since Dallas. It's going to be loud. It's going to be chaotic in there. Now, the Giants offense is incredibly simplistic with Tommy DeVito. Yeah, it's basically one, maybe two man read and go pull the ball, scramble. If your first read isn't there, run. If your first read isn't there and there's a little bit of pressure leaking through, run. Or you just play the RPO, you you identify one defender and make him wrong. I don't know how much communication and things like that are going to factor into the Giants' offense. Like, he he's not going to be making detailed, expansive checks at the line of scrimmage like, say, Eli Manning used to. So that, I think, will be pretty resilient in the face of the crowd noise. However, just getting the calls in on time, the communication among the offensive linemen, that could be an issue. So I think that is going to be, it's going to be a double-edged sword playing down there in the Dome. It will be a double-edged sword just because I, I agree with the weather-controlled aspect of this. I think that could benefit the Giants as it's going to benefit the Saints offense as well. It but just benefits that, offense. <laughs> it just benefits offense, exactly. But the, the crowd noise is something that could alter the communication, and we have to see how he's going to respond to that. Now, against Dallas, look, the Giants got their asses kicked. They got blown out. But all things considered, this kid making his first start against the Cowboys where in uh, Arlington, Texas, he wasn't terrible. Right. So maybe he has a little bit of a baseline of playing in a very hostile, loud environment. I'm sure he did it all throughout college as well, although it's a little bit different. I'm hoping Tommy Cutlets can continue to pour Parmesan cheese and marinara sauce on all of his opponents and the Giants can continue to ride this wave of the passing Paisano. That would be a lot of fun. But we got to talk about this Saints defense, Chris. And look, I don't think they're the Saints defense of old or even of last year where you look at them and it's like, this is a top five unit, but they're not a bad unit. And they still have some really quality pieces all over the defense, including Cam Jordan, who was limited with the ankle injury on Thursday, but it's still probably the heartbeat of this defense. What is your overall take or what do you think the Giants should do? Do you think they should change a lot up against this Saints defense? Because we know they play a lot of cover one a lot of man coverage. And if you look at what Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka have called against teams that do that, a lot of man beaters. So I'm expecting simple things like that. Just give Tommy DeVito that simple read off of a rub route. Like we saw in the Isaiah Hodgins touchdown, right? Like that was a, if you look at the top of the screen, that was a man beater that Tommy DeVito did not like. The Packers played it well. And then he scanned the entire field, got to his second option where Isaiah Hodgins Hodgins was isolated one-on-one -on, -one on the backside off of a motion pre-snap. Tommy DeVito took advantage of it. So I'm imagining we see a lot of that type of stuff in the red zone and on third and short situations, just man-beating simple type of concepts. Yeah, I, I think that is that is going to be the foundation of the Giants passing offense. Now, the, the Saints will also know that. They're going to stick with man coverage primarily just because they've got a lot of very good players in their secondary and they run man coverage very well. You know, they are in some ways built very similarly to how the giants want to build their defense and are building their defense. 
Now, the the wrinkle there is if they do what the Giants do occasionally do and switch up to zone coverages, especially if they're able to either rotate them after the snap or disguise them prior to the snap. You know, this is still a rookie quarterback and he has done a great job of avoiding rookie moments by and large, but they're going to happen. Like that's just, it's unavoidable for all, for all intents and purposes. The only question is when, and can you avoid them being in situations where they hurt your team too much? The saints are very good at taking the ball away. They're tied with the giants for fifth in the NFL. So, one of the factors and we mentioned this before the break is which team is going to win the turnover battle the giants have been dominating the turnover battle in recent weeks largely because of the play of Kayvon Thibodeau and also the coverage rotations of Wake Martindale baiting quarterbacks into ill-advised throws and then also just straight up some derps by the other team like the uh muff punt where the with the Packers where the punt returner instead of just falling on it like I think anyone would be coached to do tried to pick it up and run with it and then muffed it again so that that has worked in the Giants favor I I don't know if the Giants can keep playing mistake free football on offense you know we saw Saquon Barkley have that weird, flukish, I don't know, self-fumble. We just tripped and dropped the ball. I don't expect things like that to happen. But can the Giants keep playing quick, efficient football against a much better secondary than they have seen? Because, you know, Packers, they didn't have Jair Alexander on the field. They didn't have their best secondary piece. The Saints probably will. (laughs) They probably will, yes. So I want to touch on some statistics. First, the Giants and the Saints both only have 23 sacks on the season, which ranks in like the bottom five of the NFL, which is crazy to think about because Kayvon has what, like 11 and a half, 12 of those sacks. But the Giants have been playing from behind in so many games and were so pitiful throughout the first half of the season that, um, that they just really did not have a lot of sack opportunities through all 60 minutes. But the Saints right now, opponent points per game on defense, they only allow 20.1 points per game. So they rank 10th in the NFL. In yards per game, they rank 13th, allowing 337.5. In opponent passing yards per game, their defense is 7th in the NFL, allowing 189.5. And then in rushing yards allowed, they are 10th in the NFL allowing uh wait no that's the points again let me get the rushing yards really quick i had it up for a second so with the rushing yards new orleans 131 and a half or yards per game so they rank 26th in that metric so they can be gashed on the ground a little bit and if they do decide to run a lot of man coverage look saquon's going to get his but DeVito is also going to take his if he sees a lot of man coverage and doesn't like the matchup that is in front of him. Yeah, that and that has kind of been a little bit of the Giants' secret sauce. In Similar to how the Giants were able to succeed with Daniel Jones a year ago, when you have a quarterback who was able to 
keep drives alive by converting first downs with his legs. You know, the, the Giants haven't done a whole lot through the air. You know, most of their offense has flown through Saquon Barkley. Like Barkley has like even missing four games, just under 30% of the Giants offense, like either through passing targets or carries. Like he is just, he is the Giants offense. And then you have the quarterback scrambles and it, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the saints linebackers and also to a lesser extent, their safeties are able to match up with and deal with the, the read option looks the RPO looks that flow into the, the quarterback runs and quarterback scrambles because the giants do kind of like those package plays where it's an RPO. Okay. It, we're not going to run. We're going to throw, but the throw isn't there. So now this is suddenly a running play again. It's a quarterback run this time. So that the giants do have a lot of wrinkles. They're able to throw at opposing defenses. The giants will take those shots down the field with, on those one-on-one matchups to Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton. Now, Marshawn Lattimore isn't out there, so we could see them go after somebody like Isaac Yadam. You know, former Giants, great. You know, he's got a fair number of passes defensed. He's got 10 passes defensed in an interception on the season. But the, you know, those opportunities will be there. It's just kind of a matter of the Giants receivers winning those one-on-one matchups and DeVito being able to put the ball where it needs to be. And I think he can do that. We just have to see it now in effect against against this team that, you know, on the secondary, Tyron Matthews is stud, but he's a little bit long in the tooth. Paulson Adebo is coming along, former third-round pick in 2021. But without Lattimore out there, Hyatt can win these matchups. I think Darius Slayton can win these matchups, and I think they'll be dialed up as well to take advantage of whatever defense the Saints decide to run. But Chris, do you have anything else before we get out of here, buddy? No, not not particularly. Yeah, I think this is one of those games where even though the Giants are underdogs, everybody, at least on the Big Blue View staff, is picking them to win. Yeah, I think this is another game where the Giants are catching their opponent at just the right time. Like we mentioned at the top, the Giants are getting healthier where the Saints are beat up and they're just getting more and more beat up as the season kind of winds down or as they get in, go into the stretch because I believe they are actually leading the NFC South right now, which is, I don't know, that that, that whole division is in trouble. It, it, it needs help. It needs help big time. Um, every single team in that division needs to lose and lose a lot just to find their feet again. But somebody's got to win. And right now that kind of has been the Saints. Yeah, it's It has kind of been interesting how frequently this year that the Giants have caught teams kind of just as a lot of their best players go down. Like we saw with the Bills, they lost to Quan Bowers, Matt Milano, uh, the cornerback back there, uh, Tredavious White. You know, the Packers were without uh, Christian Watson, without Jair Alexander. It's 
things are things seem to be lining up the Giants way. And I think once all is said and done on Sunday, the Giants will actually be in playoff contention. I don't know that they make it because they still have to go through the Eagles twice and the Eagles are going to are going to be fighting tooth and nail to win the NFC East and actually try to secure that first round bye. But it's kind of amazing that a team that was not that long ago, two and eight and had the second overall pick in the draft. They now have the eighth overall pick in the draft and are also one game, potentially one game out of the playoffs. It's just the NFL can be weird sometimes. And that's kind of the effect of a, very short season compared to the other professional sports. It's a very short season, but it's also a very long season, right? Because the New York Giants, like you said, they're actually looking at the playoffs right now, which is insane. Like, and they're on the outside, but they're looking, which if I would have said that a little bit ago, you know, only like three or four weeks ago, I would have been like, dude, I'm taking crazy pills. But regardless, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, check out our YouTube page at Big Blue View and head on over to BigBlueView.com where you can see all of our written content. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely day.